Hi, friends. It's Christy Blackburn, Davy's wife and co-founder of Nothing Is Wasted. If you guys have been around here for a while at Nothing Is Wasted, you probably heard a bit about my personal journey towards living a healthy lifestyle for myself and my family. So as a physician assistant, I've watched so many people overtaken by chronic illness, disease, unhealth. It was also a part of our own family's journey with an autoimmune disorder that prompted me to take a closer look at the everyday choices we were making and how those decisions were impacting our health. So perhaps you too have found yourself stuck in a cycle of frustration and shame and defeat as you struggle with chronic health conditions, fatigue, or yo-yo dieting. Because I know how difficult that path can be, I wanted to create a resource to empower others like you to take back your health. That's why I'm so excited to invite you to join me in January for my upcoming live online virtual wellness course called Back to the Garden, Holistic Living the Way God Intended. This eight-week course is not your typical health class. I'm so, so passionate about blending both scriptural truths with the scientific facts that help us live a holistic, intentional life when it comes to our whole selves. We want to get to the root of wellness by taking you back to the garden, the first Garden of Eden, and look at the principles God gave us when it came to caring for our health, mind, body, and soul. In this course, you'll learn holistic, God-given rhythms for living an intentional life, including rhythms around food, around your emotional and spiritual health, and your environment. This course won't prescribe you a one-size-fits-all solution, but will instead give you the tools you need for creating your own simple, easy-to-implement plan that is adaptable to your family's lifestyle. But more than that, you'll get the knowledge you need to make informed decisions and live in freedom when it comes to your health. While I'd love to offer this resource to everyone, I want to be sure to give you the space to interact with me personally and get your questions answered, as well as connect with others walking a similar journey towards health, which is why I've limited the number of spots available for this course. So from now until November 15th, you can register for the Back to the Garden Holistic Living the Way God Intended course by going to www.linenroots.com course. If you've been overwhelmed with all the information on health and wellness and have wondered how to make the changes in the right direction, this course is for you. Don't let overwhelm stop you from taking back your health and learning the God-given rhythms for living an intentional life. Make plans to join me and others just like you this January as we go back to the garden. Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, where we believe that no matter what you've gone through in life, God is inviting you to partner with Him to take back your story. On this podcast, we have inspiring conversations with people who are doing just that. And now, your hosts, Davy Blackburn and Aubrey Sampson. Hello, welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. My name is Davey. And I'm Aubrey. And we're so glad that you are with us for another incredible conversation this time. Uh, And focus on the name of this person that Davey has a conversation (laughs) with, Kelly Campbell Goodnow. And I know that's a topic of conversation you two talk about, that her new last name is Goodnow after experiencing, I mean, (sighs) a devastating and horrific loss. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I don't, Davey, do you want to go into that or do you want to save it for the conversation? Well, but he, I mean, it's just powerful. We'll save to the, me. most of it yeah. for the conversation, but yeah, definitely. I mean, this is someone who their family was in the military community. And so you have mm. a lot of different types of um, things that we talk about here, not just the loss of her husband, but also uh, the loss of community, the loss mm. of, you know, I mean, assignment, like all these different mm. that sometimes you don't really think about when it comes to, uh, there is such a prevalent issue with 
military spouses, loss of a, you know, yeah. someone killed in action, that sort of thing. Right. And, but you don't think about the aftermath right. of that loss and the subsequent losses that follow. And so that that's one of the things we talk about in this conversation. I mean, overall, I was just amazed with Kelly and her faith and her, you know, and how she sees God in her story. That's what's going to that's what's going to really stand out to you in this conversation. It's incredible. Uh, uh, before we listen to Davy's conversation with Kelly and Kelly's powerful story, can I read a um, can I read a review? Yes. Okay, I really like this one. Uh, wonderful podcast, four stars. I so very five much five stars. Sorry, five stars, five stars. Let's be clear about that. <laughs> I so very much appreciate this podcast and ministry, and appreciate Davy ministering to others so authentically out of the devastation mm. that he personally experienced. He often yeah. speaks truth and encouragement directly to his guests as well, and truly has an empathetic heart towards those who have experienced trauma and pain. Davey, I, I, this isn't like, I know you don't necessarily want to like cheer Davey on moment, but I actually think that's true. That's something that I notice even when I listen back to your conversations with people is I feel like they're on here to minister to our listeners, but when you're engaging mm. with them, you're ministering to them and speaking truth into them as you hear mm. the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And so I do think, I'm so grateful that um, a listener, whoever uh, rated and reviewed pointed that out. Cause I do think that's a beautiful, unique part of what we do here at nothing is wasted. What wow. Davey does here at nothing is wasted. And we're so grateful for all of our listeners, uh, especially yeah. grateful for those who, um, go on to Apple podcasts and tell us why it means something yeah. to them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you. I'll, I mean, I'll receive that. It's I, what I love about these conversations is a lot of times it doesn't feel like we're just, we're like having a conversation for other people. It feels like we're having a conversation just us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it's a, like we're literally, it almost feels like we're sitting down and we're having coffee and yeah. we're, we're really stirring each other up and speaking into each other. Mm -hmm. You're going to see later in several weeks and we have several just really great prolific therapists that we have brought on to the podcast and I'll, and I'll turn the tables and say, Hey, I want you to actually like, <laughs> let's let this be a counseling session for me. So could it's you, not always me ministering you, like, to other people. Do therapy it's for like me, I'm, please. Yeah. yeah. I'm receiving a lot <laughs> yeah. too from these guests so much, but, um, you know, and Kelly's one of those where yeah, she is. you'll hear this, that she just, she inspired me. She yeah. really inspired me as she shared her story. And so you're, you're going to be inspired as you listen to this conversation. Let's go ahead and dive into my conversation with Kelly Campbell. Good now. Kelly, it's so great to have you joining me on the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Thanks for being here. Great to be here. Thank you. I, uh, you've got a really amazing story. Um, you know, a difficult one, a, a, a tragic one, and yet I'm really encouraged. You know, when I hear about and see how you're stewarding that story and what you're doing to help other people in it. Um, but, but I'd love for people just to kind of hear about where you are right now. You know, what's what's your family like? What's your um, just to kind of give some present day context, where do you live? What do you do? And mm -hmm. then we'll dive back into how you got here because like, you know, all of us, we we're sitting in a place doing what we're doing, probably not because we asked for it, but, but we're just trying to figure out how to steward what God's put in front of us. And I see that in your life. And so I'd love for you to tell us now, where, where are you at? What are you doing right now? And then we'll dive back into your story. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much. Um, it's, it's humbling to be here and to think that that my story can have an impact like it has. 
Um, so today I'm sitting here in my home office in uh, Overland Park, Kansas, Kansas City. Okay. And um, I've been here for six, almost seven years. And I am, um, I've got my five kids all went back to school yesterday. So it's very, very quiet. <laughs> it's a quiet house now. <laughs> <laughs> it's the quietest it's been in months and wow. um, a little weird. Um, but I am, uh, my husband is, is Mike good now. And um, we, I have four. He has one. We have blended our family in the last couple of years. Um, so our, our kids are 18, 15, 13, 10, and 9. Uh, wow. Just had a birthday. So I have to think about that. Um, there's a lot of them. Yeah. So it's not normally this quiet. <laughs> I, I have three and I can't ever remember their ages. I'm like, <laughs> Right? <laughs> birthday if you want. Birthday. That's too many numbers. Um, yeah. yeah. They're amazing. They're uh, third grade up to senior. And uh uh, yeah, there's there's a lot a lot mm. going on here. Lots of activities, lots of driving. <laughs> but um, wow. yeah, wow, that's awesome. You know what's crazy is I I'm confident that you've already thought about this, but it occurred to me as I just kind of looked at your last name and you know your your husband now his you've taken his last name good now, right? And what a powerful statement that is, right? <laughs> Only God, only good God now. can write this story. Wow. I mean, the fact that I get to say I'm good now, it's, you know, we joke about it, but at the same time, you just kind of go, really, Lord? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's, there, there, those little yeah. details, like it that never escapes him. And I'm like, man, I hope That's everybody, right. whatever their pain story, tragedy, trauma, I, I think those are breadcrumbs that the Lord leaves in our stories mm -hmm. to say, mm -hmm. hey, I'm here. I'm working in this story. And I, I just want you to be aware of that. And I hope that we don't miss that in each one of our That's stories, right. you know. Um, yeah. and, and there's a time, Kelly, where you would not have said that your life is good now, right? Okay. And um, and I'd love for you to to share with us kind of what, whatever you would deem as like the beginning of that story. Um, mm -hmm. Talk to us about that. And, and we'll spend some time just unpacking it. Yeah. So, gosh, I, um, where do I start at the beginning? I, I grew up in Texas. So here I am in Kansas. I grew up in Texas, um, went to college at Texas A&M. My okay. parents were in ministry okay. with the Navigators. So I grew up a ministry kid and in the mm. church and um, met Sean Campbell in college. And, and actually, you know, it occurs to me, I, I should tell the name story since we're talking about the name. But mm. uh, when I met Sean, his last name was not Campbell. And um, we started dating. We had a very fast whirlwind relationship. We met and we just knew. And um, he was contracting with the Marine Corps at the time. And so um, a long story short, we knew we were going to get married. And that's when he kind of looked at his name and went, wow, what do I do? He had one name on his birth certificate. He had another name on his school ID or social security or somewhere because it, it was a stepfather's name. And um, but really, he had never had had a father in his life, um, wow. ever. And so, you know, it, it became a really big deal to him. Like, I'm going to start a family. And everybody called him by one name, but that wasn't his legal name. So we would have mm. to become this other, you know, it was just this sudden, right. wow, this is actually really complicated. And um, and I remember, I remember the day it was like a light bulb. You could see the light bulb go off and he just kind of went, I know what I'm going to do. Mm. And um. He had he had developed a relationship with a man through church that had become a father to him. He had become his mentor. They met together. He he had uh, welcomed him, you know, into the family. Oh, gosh, and um, mm. and just he had become his dad, you know. Yeah. And in that moment, Sean realized 
that it's anybody, it's my dad, it's him. And so he was going to be the one to marry us. And so we called him up and said, Hey, we really need to talk to you tomorrow. Completely scared the tar out of him. You know, he was like, Oh no, they're breaking up. Something's wrong. What's going on? But he wouldn't tell him on the phone. So the next day we went to this man, Don Campbell and and Sean explained and uh, said, I'd really like to change the name to Campbell. And of course there were tears and it's a boy parties. And, you know, we went to court together and he changed his name legally. So he was 25 years old. Um, and, but really the Campbells adopted him, adopted him into their family. And, and so then we started our family as the Campbells. And, um, and so even more, like you said, the layers upon layers to, to have this name now good now is just another way of God saying names are important, you know? Um, And, you know, it's crazy because I didn't really even think about coming into this day talking about that story, but that's (laughs) That's a big part of our story. Well, yeah, names are important because they're part of our, they are part of our story. They give us a lot of clues and insights into our story so often. And and, and you you look in scripture, right? You see how vital names are. How many times did God Mm -hmm. change somebody's name because, you know, what they used to be known for, he wants to make them known as something that's more redemptive and that's just right. such a there's such a powerful thread, and it's cool to see that that's part of the thread of your story as well. Yeah, yeah, and it, you know, and it really it gives um, a picture of who Sean was as someone who would mm-hmm. choose that, who who stopped and thought, I'm starting a family, I want a foundation, yeah. and you know, what's that going to be? And, um, yeah. and he chose it, and and then the Campbells chose him in return, and and they're still family, and so yeah. um, wow. just beautiful. But so you know, going back. Um, we so we got married. We became the Campbells, and um, and graduated from college, and we were off on a military adventure. <laughs> so Sean was um, he became a CH fifty three helicopter pilot with the Marine Corps, yeah. and over the next fifteen years, we moved around the country, and um, he deployed several times, um, and we had four kids in the midst of that. And miraculously, he was home for every birth. So um, we had Tristan, Kenna, Kate, and Donovan. And Donovan was one year old when we uh, were stationed in Hawaii. So we moved to Oahu, uh, kind of the dream duty station. We were so excited to get out there. Beautiful and everything we hoped. We just, we loved it. We lived in a little cinder block house on the beach that did not have AC and was miserably hot. But we (laughs) we could hear the ocean, you know. And so there was always relief. Um, And it was just, it was beautiful. It was paradise. And we were there for a year and a half, about, about 15, 18 months. Um, and then January of 2016, Sean went to work. He had a, a nighttime training flight scheduled. So he left for work that day and expected to be home around two in the morning. Uh, but instead I was woken up that night, well, about four o'clock the next morning, uh, by a phone call from my dad here in Kansas city. My parents had moved here by then. And he was calling because five, six hour time difference. There was news, national news, breaking that two helicopters had gone down in Hawaii. And, um, of course, we're all still asleep. And so, um, you know, and in that moment, it's 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm woken up. I'm, I'm thinking it's Sean, but it's not. Where is he? Um, you know, just that confusion of, right. of being brought out of your sleep. And um, and I, I just remember um, him asking if he, if he was home and saying, you know, I'm seeing this news. And so I knew in that in that second. And I, I reached over and, you know, I remember putting my hand on his pillow. And I knew. I knew it was him. There was only one squadron. 
he was flying. I knew it was two helicopters. And so it's like, I knew this was happening, but you don't know what's happening. And it's so confusing. And so I remember hanging up with my dad and saying, I'm going to call the squadron. And um, of course, phones weren't answered. There was, you know, phones had been confiscated. And turns out the helicopters had, had collided just before midnight, the night before, over the ocean. And there was a massive search underway. Um, and of course, because there were 12 Marines involved, uh, they're trying to scramble teams and, and people to get out to all the families to bring them the news. So unfortunately, that happened. Um, it, it takes them time to do that, but it takes five minutes for it to hit yeah. the news, news, you know. So I I had several hours that morning of um, trying to make phone calls. Uh, just confusion. I, sometimes I look back and I think, why didn't I just jump in a car and drive to the base five minutes down the road, you know? But I, I think I just thought, surely somebody is going to answer. Surely somebody is going to come here. He's going to come home. Like, um, and it, it was like time just stopped. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I, I remember getting up and it's still dark and making calls. At some point, my kids started to trickle in as they could hear me. And um, sun rose. I, I remember sitting outside in my, you know, my front walkway on the phone, trying to be on the phone and watching the sunrise. And um, and it was about that time I finally reached one of my friends and she was in her car on the way over uh, when I saw the officer. I saw them walking towards our gate. And I saw my daughter, um, who's six years old, she kind of, she ran towards the gate because she saw uniforms. And I, I think she thought daddy's home. Uh, and she let them in. And when I saw, um, you know, so I knew in that moment, it's like, you know what's happening, but you cannot process. Yeah. And, uh, and I saw one of them was, was Sean's closest friend from the squadron. And uh, I just ran to him. And, um, and, I just wanted to hear it from him and not be strangers. There were two, two other men with him I had never seen, and, um, all in uniform. And I just said, just tell me. And we went in the door, and uh, he said, we don't know, we don't know. That was, that was what he said, and I can still picture it. And I just thought, well, we do, or we don't. Like, really, what's happening? And, and they had to read an official report that there had been a collision, search and rescues underway. We don't know, basically. Um and I, it, almost in that in that day, I remember thinking, kind of being angry, like we do know why. Why are we pretending that this didn't happen? Why Why are we pretending we're going to find them? Um, and just knowing, knowing the impact of the collision, knowing what had been heard and the explosion and the fireball, and um, I just knew. But here we were having to say, well, we don't know, and maybe they'll be found. And it, it felt like this kind of false hope I was giving my children. And I realize now, though, that God used that time to give us time to prepare us. And because we were so far away, we had, there was a five-day search. And in that time, I can't even tell you how many friends and family flew across the ocean um, just to show up. And I realize now, in that moment when I was alone with my kids, I didn't have to call them. Five days later, they were all sitting in someone's lap. And when the the news came and they finally said, you know, they've been declared dead, um, we were surrounded and protected. And we had had that week of community coming together. And, you know, maybe I'm a silver lining person, but 
Um, I just know that that was God's way of protecting us in that time. Um, and so it doesn't make it easier, but I just, maybe it did in a way, you know, it, that, that blow came over a week and we were able to just be wrapped in, in family's arms. And, um, and so that is when everything changed, you know, so we lost on, um, that night and I know he was, he was with Jesus in an instant. Um, Wow. Yeah, it's still hard. Still, obviously, like you know, yeah. it, it never is easy to talk about or share, um, and it hurts. But I'm sitting here today because there has been so much redemption and beauty in the story, and God from that first moment was present, mm-hmm. present, like wow. tangibly present, like I never, never experienced. And I just know that His peace was in our house from that first moment, and yeah. never left. Um, and so. Yeah. You know, the holidays can be some of the most difficult days after loss. When I lost my late wife, Amanda, in November of 2015, we celebrated Thanksgiving right afterwards, Christmas right after that, and figuring out what to do with the past traditions or navigating the painful reminders of a holiday without someone you love can be absolutely devastating. And we know there's no magic solution to making it through the holidays, but we want to help you as you move through those days. So on Thursday, November 10th at 8 p.m. Eastern time, we're going to be hosting a new masterclass called Hope for the Holidays, Navigating the Season When It Hurts, with our very own Amy Sylvester, who's a certified coach and staff member at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries. During this time, Amy's going to help you as you enter the holiday season She's going to share with all of us when and how to grieve and when and how to celebrate, how to handle traditions and triggers, and practical tips for navigating the holiday season when it hurts. And listen, so much more. So I want to invite you to be a part of this masterclass live. The best part about it, it's completely free. All you have to do is sign up at nothingiswasted.com slash masterclass. We'll send you an email with all the instructions you need to join the conversation that night. Again, that's Thursday, November 10th at 8 p.m. Eastern time, but go ahead and sign up right now. If you can't make it on November 10th and you want to catch the replay, all of our Masterclass replays are available exclusively to our Community Plus members for just $20 a month or $200 a year. There on Community Plus, you can access all of our Nothing Is Wasted content, including past Masterclasses, curated pathways, live coaching replays, bonus episodes, many courses, and so much more. Join today by going to nothingiswasted.com slash community plus or following the link in the show notes here. Walking through the holidays after loss can feel downright impossible, but we know there are ways to navigate that season with hope and healing, and we want to help you do so. Join us on November 10th for this very special masterclass. I mean, I don't really know what to say. I, you know, I'm so sorry. And, um, you know, I can tell that, like you said, it's even, it's even hard to share the the details of, of those moments of, of hearing this news and, and, and sitting and waiting, you know, for five days until official word came. And yet all the while still knowing that 
this is probably the case um, mm-hmm. that, that he that he is gone and I I I'm struck though by what you what you said I mean you said that you're maybe you're a silver lining kind of person mm-hmm. but looking back on it you can see the evidence of God's grace in in those five days and the reason that strikes me is because um we talk often about how God shows up in those darkest moments. And I've had conversations with people who would say, I don't know. You know, on one hand, I've had conversations with people who say, oh my gosh, it was so real and so palpable. It's peace that passes mm-hmm. all understanding, you know, and yeah. I'm hearing that from you. Yeah. And on the other hand, I'm here, I hear some people say, where is he in all of this? Right. Right. And, and I, and I wonder, you know, Psalm 23 tells us that surely goodness and goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. But what I often say is you don't know that it's following you until you look back, right? You can't mm-hmm. see something following mm-hmm. you until you look behind you and, and you're looking back and you're going, no, it was there. Like, here's, here's why these five days were so yeah. important when you look at it from God's perspective. But how, how do you, if you were to, if you were to try to figure out how, how do you have that perspective as opposed to the alternate perspective? You know, what's kind of informed yeah. that for you, you know? That, you know, like you said, I've seen both. I've seen people react in both ways. And sometimes I just think, why? Why didn't I dissolve in anger? Why didn't I drive to the base? Why, why didn't I lash out? Um, because I, I just remember from the first moment kind of knowing and, and being maybe it's just the the numbness of shock, you know, but I do, I I remember when I couldn't reach anyone on the phone, I didn't have answers, but I just felt like I was waiting for someone to come, um, sitting on my couch and picking up my Bible, sitting there on the coffee table. And I don't remember if I read it or not, or just opened it and stared. I don't remember. I just remember holding it and just thinking everything is changing. Mm -hmm. God is not, God is not. And, um, you know, it's, it's incredible to me. It, it, it's grace because uh, I could have easily not, I don't know. I, I feel like it just was the spirit in our home protecting me, protecting our kids and, and very clearly saying, I'm here, I'm here in this. And, um, and I believed it and that, that is grace, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. Yeah. um, nothing I have done. And I just continued to choose it, uh, mm. I think, you know, we have that choice and yeah. I continue to choose peace and joy and goodness to see the goodness. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is just the people I was surrounded with. My pastor was, you know, one of the first ones in the door and um, good friends from church and um, just praying people. We had, I, can, I can't even imagine how many people were praying because of social media. And, yeah. um, and I know that that made a difference in, in just our countenance and what we right. felt and you know there's a verse in job uh, where he says my ears had heard of you but now my eyes have seen you and and wow. i just felt you know yeah. still still feel that just we had this is something we as a believing family knew god is here for us god will take care of us no matter what comes right you say these yep. things yep. and then you have a moment where you don't have to really believe it and live yeah. it and by his grace we did so um, wow yeah wow well, and what I'm hearing you say, it's 100% his grace and one, 100% your, 
willingness to open your heart up to that grace and receive that invitation of grace, mm-hmm. right? Like there's this, yeah, there's this kind of like tension and and almost two diametrically opposed concepts that seem to be at war with each other. If you think about it cerebrally, when you go, well, what gave you that peace, right? Well, God's grace gave me that peace, right? God's presence gave me that peace, one hundred percent, absolutely. That that's true, and yet there's so many people who stifle that or stymie that or, or block their hearts from experiencing that because they're not willing to, to open up their hearts for that grace and that peace. And they're choosing to look at it from a different perspective. And so there's this, again, it's like, is it our choice to do that in those moments? Is it God's just like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a irresistible grace in that moment. What is it? It's like, yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> right, I feel exactly. like it, it has to be <laughs> of kind it. of a marrying of those two things. And, okay. and that's why, I, you know, it's so important that maybe even prior to this moment, the, the work that the soil of your heart, that the, the soil work that you did with your heart, right. Could mm-hmm. it leads to these moments right here that it's like, boom, mm-hmm. this is a critical juncture. Yeah. Where you can either yeah. choose to see God's goodness in it or God's presence in it, at least, if you can't see the goodness yet. Right. I think, you know, it's those times when lessons you've learned, sermons you've heard, Bible studies you've done, all the all the hard work you've done, you have to live it out in those moments. Yeah. And maybe it's just been kind of theoretical before my ears had heard of you, but now suddenly you have to go, okay, do I really believe what I believe? Mm. And, um, and, you know, it's funny, my, one of my best friends came out, uh, Sarah, and she... She had her phone and it had a phone case on it. And this was probably several days later. And it said, choose joy. And I just remember sort of picking it up and going, oh, I really like your phone case. And she took it off and she put it on my phone. Mm. And uh, I don't know how long I had that phone case, but wow. it's interesting to me to think in that moment, it was just that little thing, but it was, it was, it was swirling in, in my head. And she yeah. saw it too. And we just kind of silently in that moment said, we're going to choose joy, you know? Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. Can you think back on um, maybe some other moments and in, in, in some of the immediate aftermath of this that you experienced God showing up, you know, some of those mm-hmm. other places you can point to and say, this was God right here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. Over and over in miraculous ways, you know, um, starting with just provision of the you know, 12 families were affected, 12 Marines wow. died. And so, and we're on this tiny island and we just watched the community come together. And there were, I don't even know, I'll never know how many people played a part, but homes were opened up, cars were provided, flights were made. There were pilots flying faster than usual to get across the ocean, wow. you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. um, and to see people just come together like that to take care of families and, Personally, for our family, you know, I had so many friends come and um, and just they just showed up from yeah. literally everywhere, the mainland in Japan. And um, so to see that and then we would have random Amazon deliveries of Kleenex and toilet paper and, you know, um, and then all the way up to the day of the Squadron Memorial. So I think that must have been maybe 10 days or so after the actual mm-hmm. crash. It was pretty soon after um they had a, a memorial on the flight line and you know, you can picture the helicopters and ten white crosses and I don't know how many hundreds 
thousands of people um, all out on the flight line. And as we're arriving, my all my family had come except for my brother and his wife because they were expecting a baby any day. Wow. And um, they were in Texas. And as I'm walking in to the hangar, um, I get a text from him, and he had just been born. And walking in, actually, another friend had texted me a verse, um, Habakkuk, yet I will praise you. Mm, yeah. Yeah, you know, the verse, yep. yet I will yeah. praise you. And then two minutes later, I get a text saying, little Warner Matthew had been born. Wow. And um, it just, it's not an accident, you know, yeah. um, oh. that is not coincidence. <laughs> yeah. God chose his birthday that day, and, and Nathan and Amanda changed his name. He, they had intended for his name to be a WM name because my my dad's mm-hmm. name is actually WM. It doesn't stand for anything. Oh, okay. Um, and so oh. they were going to give him names, but starting with WM, yeah. and they could kind of give him the same nickname. And um, and that day they decided his middle name would be Matthew, the same as Sean's. And wow. Um, and so there I'm walking in to this you know devastating moment of loss. Yeah. And there's new life, new life. Wow. wow. And yet we will praise. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, God, it's, I, I am so emotional today. So oh, some of these okay. stories <laughs> are not the stories I normally get to tell, you yeah. know. Um, and it's, it's so good to remember these miracles. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, mm. God in those little ways, like names, here we are again talking about a name, but. There just are no coincidences, yeah. you know, and we chose to see those things. We chose to celebrate and praise the good, the provision, the family, the community, uh, and, and Sean's life, you know, it's honoring to him. And we get to, we get to talk about the legacy he left, even by changing his name, you know, mm-hmm. we are still Campbell's and, um, yeah, there's just so much goodness all along the way. And there's so many more stories like that, but it, it blows me away. Wow. I mean, what I can what I can see in you, Kelly, is this. I think it's this critical thing that we all have to get to, and I think I'm I'm beginning to see this thread and and so many people's stories that really move from a place of pain into purpose that really start to see redemption in their life, and, and that is just this willingness to surrender to mm-hmm. God's plan, even though it can be almost completely contrary to your plan. Yeah, and. And, and I, I don't know if there's any other way to describe it, but it's just this, there's a beautiful freeing sense that you experience when you surrender. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see it in your emotion, right? I can, I can like hear it underneath the things that you're saying where it's like, I didn't, I, I you know, it's that whole idea. I, I didn't want my, you know, as Habakkuk talks about, it talks about, you know, though the stalls will be empty, though the, and it talks about all these things that have gone mm-hmm. wrong, these things that would be you know, uh, contrary to our expectations of what a blessed life would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy to praise God when we're experiencing that kind of blessing. But what about when we're not, when actually everything yeah. looks quite the opposite, though I will praise you. Yeah. And that requires a, a level of surrender. It says, I did did not see any of this coming and I would not have welcomed this if you had asked right, right. prior to. Did but, not ask for this. Uh, it's kind of like when people look at you and say, you're so strong, I could never do that. Yeah. And, I, and you kind of go, 
well, I didn't exactly choose it. And yeah, I uh, yeah. didn't exactly think I was up to this, you know. Right. Um, right. Yeah. I'm sure you would have told yeah. other people the same thing if you mm-hmm. were sitting mm-hmm. on their, right? You would have said, right. oh, I couldn't imagine going through something like that. And you can't yeah. until I you still do. feel that way. I hear yeah. your story and think, I can't imagine. I hear, yeah. you know, we all have different hard <laughs> in our lives. And, right. Um, but surrender has been, yeah, just that word. I, I remember feeling that early on, just. I surrender. I I have nothing to bring to this. Yeah. I have nothing to add to this, God. Only you can do this. And and also early on knowing he goes before. Just that phrase. I don't know when we started saying it. And I say we because I just feel like I was always had a friend or family just close to me um saying he goes before. He yeah. he was not surprised. He did not change. Everything I can see changed. Yeah. He did not and he knew this was coming. Even with Sean changing his name, even with establishing our family solidly on that foundation, that was part of him preparing us for that time. Mm. Because there we had our Campbell family wrapped around us, you know. Um, But that surrender to me has been a big deal um, because I've gone through, you know, now the last six years, just sort of over and over surrendering, over and over saying yes to the unknown when you have to start over and everything is different. Yep. and I, you know, I like, for instance, I just started grad school and I have no idea why I do not know what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> um, but here I am because it's, it's the next thing. It's the next step God placed wow. before me and said, here, walk in this. And wow. I said, okay. Wow. Um, and then I will wait and see what he will do with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? There's a beautiful yeah. mystery in that, isn't there? It's, there's mm-hmm. again, a freeing feeling. I mean, we can, we can plan mm-hmm. and strategize our life and think about all the next steps and stuff that we, to accomplish this vision that we have for our life. But man, the, the more we wrap our, our hands around and, and clutch those plans that we have, it seems like one, the more God wants to untether us from mm-hmm. those plans and then two it's just more miserable because we know life's going to go differently than what we never going to go expect. It's not, <laughs> yeah. so to walk in step with the spirit it's just so much more freeing and so i i, mm-hmm. I you know i affirm that in you um and i'm sure that that's been a journey over the past six years because you know what i can probably infer in your story and maybe you can you know unpack it or you can dispute it if this is not the case. But what I know about military loss, what you've experienced is that typically there's a lot of, I mean, there's already in loss in general, there's a lot of there's mm-hmm. a cascade effect of losses that happen, right? You said it. every widow or widower would probably testify. Yeah. That's the day that everything changed in my life. There mm-hmm. were so many other losses that ensued, but especially for military families, that's typically the case, you know, right. over some matter of time, Thereafter, you can experience the loss of community, the loss of, you know, I mean, the loss of sometimes your home having to get uprooted Mm -hmm. and moved back because you were stationed somewhere, you know, did, did that happen for you guys? If so, what, what was, you know, how did you deal with all of that and process through all of those secondary losses? Right. Yeah. Just loss upon loss. Um, You know, you know, our first loss was Sean and then it was our home and then our community and our, our homeschool and our pet rabbits. I mean, you know, you can just go wow. on and on. We took fish back to the pet store, you know, wow. um, because we were in Hawaii. We were thousands of miles across an ocean from, yeah. from family. I, I don't say home. We didn't have a home other than that. Um, a lot of people in the military, maybe they have home that they go back to. 
um, my parents had moved to a new state and my siblings were scattered around the country. And so you really, you were left feeling adrift, you know, um, the Marine Corps had always chosen my zip code for me. How do I just wow. up and move? Kind of like when, when Sean changed his name, how do you just pick a new name? You know, yeah. Yeah. um, didn't know how to do that. And so we had, uh, we had had a short conversation actually not long before kind of that what if conversation. And it was so, it was impacting just, um, I don't even remember why. I, I think there had been a tsunami warning that day. And we said, what will we do if, you know, mm. but that came back to me and I, and the answer had been, well, we go to Kansas. We'd stay with my parents. We'd be safe. We'd figure it out. And, um, and so I knew that was, that was what I needed to do. I knew that was our safe place. Uh, rent in Hawaii was astronomical. So there was no reason to stay knowing we wouldn't be staying. And, and then the pieces just sort of fell into place for us to move very quickly. So it was actually just a month later that we packed up our home, uh, put it in storage, didn't know when we'd see it again and, and headed to Kansas. And so the, you know, there I was living in my parents' basement with my four homeschooled children totally unable to homeschool anymore. Um, you know, just it, everything changed. Wow. And, uh, and I came to this community where I didn't know anyone. I didn't know if I was going to stay. I might go live near a sibling or a friend, a base. Where do you go? Um, and so again, that's when God stepped in and, and it was on a day when I prayed, my kids had not been in school since the Christmas break. You know, it happened, happened right then. And, um, so here we were, it was March, and there was a day that I went and I took them to the library and we got about 50 books because we were homeschoolers and, you know, when, when yeah. in doubt, read a book. <laughs> um, we just got a bunch of books and I thought, well, at least we can read. Yeah. And But I just remember sitting there with those books and just kind of desperately praying in my heart, God, I don't know how to do this. And that day, that day I got a phone call uh, about a school in Kansas City, a little classical Christian school, which mm. we had been classical Christian homeschoolers and just lined up perfectly. And they heard our story through a friend of mine and yeah. said, we just want to give you a safe place. Mm. Um, same time, same day, you know, this is a little expensive private school. And, and that same friend found Folds of Honor, which is, is the organization I work for now. And they provide scholarships for K-12 children, wow. um, Gold Star Kids. And so... So right there, I, I said, God, I don't know what to do. And he said, yeah. here it is, walk in it. Wow. And um, my kids were enrolled the next week. And so, again, there's the domino effect. Yeah. Okay, we have a school. That's all I know. Yeah. But this is all we need at the moment. And then we found a home. And then we got, you know, we made new friends and got involved. And, um, and he began to piece this whole new life wow. together. Wow. Hey, friend, have you found yourself swimming in a sea of questions that inevitably come after pain, loss, trauma, tragedy? Do you ever wish you could just sit down and ask the difficult questions that you have on your mind to someone who actually understands how you feel, but also someone who knows how to help you climb out of this valley? Now you can. I would love to invite you to join me along with other trusted certified coaches and friends of Nothing Is Wasted Ministries for our monthly live coaching sessions as we take a deep dive into the places that are on your mind and your heart. Each month, these live coaching sessions will help you navigate the tough conversations necessary 
to find God in your pain and begin your path towards healing. Best part about it, they're absolutely free. So bring your questions, all of them, and let's do what scripture calls us to do and get wisdom whatever the cost. I promise you, you're gonna need it to keep going on your pain to purpose journey. To sign up for live coaching, simply go to nothingiswasted.com slash live coaching or click the link that's right here in the show notes. Once you register, you'll receive an email that will give you all the information you need on how to join our next live coaching session. Now, what if you can't make it for the live coaching session? Can you watch it any other time? Absolutely. If you sign up for the Community Plus membership plan, you can get access to on-demand replays of all of our live coaching sessions, plus access to our entire Nothing Is Wasted content library, which includes curated pathways, master classes, bonus episodes, mini courses, and so much more. You can join Community Plus for only $20 a month or get the discounted annual rate at $200 a year. You can do this by going to nothingiswasted.com slash community plus or follow the link in the show notes of this episode. Friend, you do not have to sit alone in the dark. Let someone who has walked a similar path help you find the way towards healing. I can't wait to spend time with you at our next live coaching session. Well, I mean, I know it's a, it's a complicated process to rebuild life and it's even more complicated with, with kids, as many as you were, you know, shepherding these little hearts and they're all different ages and they're, they're handling this loss differently. They all have different personalities that inform how they're going to handle loss. And, um, you know, you all the while you're trying to heal from it, cope with Mm -hmm. it yourself, uh, Talk to me about that a little bit. What what was that like for you? Is Are there any kind of like, you know, I, I hesitate to say you pick up any like nuggets of wisdom for all of us who are trying to figure that out too. Like, but uh-huh. yeah, but what have you learned in that process and how have you navigated helping them to navigate all of this? Yeah. Gosh, I don't know. I've got a lot of help. <laughs> Spoke, um, what I think like about someone who's think truly it, experienced this. I don't know. We're trying to figure it out. Sure. <laughs> I did a lot of things wrong or everything wrong. Uh, and thankfully the, club. the oh, people gosh. around me that, that kept us afloat, you know, yeah. cause I just, you know how it is. You're, you're numb, you're in shock. Yeah. yeah. Um, so many people stepped in. I don't know who was changing the two year old diapers, you know, mm-hmm. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I have when they ate, I don't know. Um, but just like with the school stepping in and say, we want to help you, you know, yeah. I couldn't be there. I couldn't be their teacher anymore. I needed to just be mom and, um, and now they had teachers and mentors. And so it, it's all along the way. And there were times I know when I felt so strongly, I'm doing this wrong. I need to help. Yeah. Them. I need, we need a counselor. We need to all go somewhere and, and I have to fix it. You know, we want to fix right. it. And you can't. Um, and I've realized since just walking through it with each, like you said, they were all, my oldest was about to turn 12, you know, becoming a man and losing mm. his dad. And the youngest was two. He won't remember. And so the differences are are so vast. And I have seen in the last six years, just walking through this, God has met each of them where they're at when they need it in different ways. You know, it doesn't look the same for them all. Um, 
when my daughter refused to see a counselor, we found horseback riding therapy. Yeah. And that was wow. life changing, you know. And yeah. when my son didn't want to talk to a stranger, we found a pastor um, that, mm. that met with him regularly, a youth pastor. And it's just God knows what they need. Um, That's good. Wow. And and I've just it's hard though to wait and figure out what that is and feel like mm. you're doing it wrong and how how God are you going to fix this you know yeah. I, think, I think I ask that a lot like really really you know there's there can't be an answer in this yeah. and then I would see His answer and more miracles yeah. <laughs> you know just yeah. more amazing stories come out of that wow so what a great question how are you going to fix this God <laughs> that's the <laughs> yeah. raw and real yeah. question right but it also is yeah. It's the, it's, I mean, I think that's a really important posture to go, all right, I'm at my wits end, God, I, I don't know, I can't fix this. Mm-hmm. And it's like when we get to those places of uh, acknowledging our weakness, that's where he's able to step in and be strong in those spaces. Mm-hmm. And, and then we don't even see him fixing it until after he's done the work done, to fix and it. Go, <laughs> and you're like, wow, well, how did you do that? <laughs> Hold on a second. He's like, I'm not yeah. going to give you a a chance to put a framework around this or yeah, a formula, yeah. right? It's, I'm going to let you mess this up. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I've got yeah, a plan. He's, exactly. He's got a plan. I think that's the bottom line though. And mm. it is, and that's not to sugarcoat it and say, Oh, just, you know, God, no, yeah, he'll fix it. He'll do whatever. No, yeah. I, there's, that is a deep wrestling. You have to do it constantly daily surrender, knowing he's gone before knowing mm. he knows what you don't. His picture is so much bigger than ours will ever be. And, and we just have to trust. And wow. even to say that, you're like, this still sounds crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that it really does. all there is? Uh, it does. It yeah. sounds like overly simplistic. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is overly simplistic, or it is simplistic to walk mm-hmm. in, in, in as, a, as a disciple of Christ, right? We're just trusting. That's what we're doing. We're taking it mm-hmm. one step at a time, following the pillar of cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night, following the voice of the Holy Spirit. Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path, yeah. right? All of these things that show us in Scripture, this is how God moves us and stirs us and directs us. And it's so simple. It's just not mm-hmm. easy. It's not easy. <laughs> you know, that light to my path, I, I think I thought about that a lot. And you realize, you know, nowhere does he say I'm a light for the whole path. <laughs> um, you're not going to see 10 miles down the road. You're going to see that one next step. And there was wow. so many times where I literally had one next step. Yeah. Get out of bed, <laughs> put yeah. them in school, get them to school, you know, and one next step at a time, we've seen this whole new life come yeah. together, you know. Wow. Um, and, and we're still there. I'm still taking one next step that I have no That's idea right. where they're headed. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you would describe your life as good now. Sorry <laughs> to put the pun in there, but I love it. Uh, I want to hear how this happened. What, yeah. what ta- talk to me about God's hand and in, in all of this. Again, completely unexpected. Um, I, gosh, where do I start? I, we met online, okay. <laughs> which I said, I'll never be me online dating. What is that? Everybody has a hesitation um, when, they, when they admit yeah, that. I'm like, guys, I more know. people than not have admitted that, right? That's Exactly. And be. I think that's what hit me. Like, oh, it's, it's 2020. Like, that's, yeah, that's yeah. what you do now, I guess. You know, and I met people in my church and, and just thought, really? Yeah. Um, and and again, you know, I, I think starting starting to, my thinking shifting to dating net you know what what's next um it's scary and especially when you have children involved oh, yeah. and and i i i know that you know i hit a point where i was 
thinking AY was lonely. Mm-hmm. And I think it's dangerous if you're single going into that yeah. to, to date to want someone out of loneliness. Yeah. Um, or that's to good. fill it, you know, fill a need that that's that's God's need to fill. And so I won't say I did everything right, but God protected me and brought me mm. my good now. And uh, He's a miracle. He's He's just amazing. Wow. Um, he's the bravest man I know to step into this because um, you know, I'm sure there's others out there. I have talked to widows who just yeah. who's gonna want this next? Right. You know, who right. wants to walk into this? Yeah. Um. He so he carries a lot, you know. Um. But he just has been a miracle and his sweet daughter is, is, you know, now we, we have five that just all fit together perfectly. And, um, the, and he's been a, such a, a joy for the kids. You know, there's just never been, um, that tension or you know, the kids have welcomed him, love him. And, um, I, I don't know. So that was 2020 also. So we had, we got engaged in February of 2020. Okay. And we planned a very small family wedding for April of 2020. Yeah. So you well, know what's coming. It was small and <laughs> uh-huh. And even intimate. that small wedding was canceled. And oh, so man. the week of that first stay at home order, you remember the shutdown yeah. in March, yeah. we kind of looked at each other and went, would this be crazy? And called our pastor and thought he was going to be like, let's think this through. And instead he said, well, I have a crash wedding on Friday. So how about we do yours on Wednesday? And he's just all business. And we're like, it's Monday. Uh, uh, and so we got married, you know, within two days, we made the decision, had a little wedding in our living room with 10 people because wow. you couldn't have more than 10. And um, everybody was on Zoom and nobody knew how to use Zoom. And uh, and and then the world shut down. And here wow. we were blending families during COVID. And it was yeah. the biggest blessing ever, I, say, I can yeah. tell you. Yeah. Um, and so it's just been a crazy ride. But uh, I've recently discovered that, um, you know, ancient Jewish wedding uh, customs and rituals. The married couple has a year where they are not obligated to communal, yeah. you know, responsibilities. They don't have to work. They don't. They literally take an entire year to honeymoon, so to speak. There and is I'm like, man, I kind of wish that I had had that with both of my marriages, right? With yeah. like, I think yeah. that's really powerful. And you got to experience, in some ways, this. Mm-hmm. Everything's kind of forced to be shut down, and we're just gonna like get to. We're just gonna. We're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna try to make this thing blend very naturally and very yeah. relationally and very you know because there's so much there's so much so many responsibilities and obligations and busyness that and sometimes mm-hmm. blending doesn't look like blending it's like colliding right right, right. <laughs> and yeah yeah so what a, a beautiful blender. thing yeah uh, yeah it just it was such a gift to have that time especially with you know teenagers who like to hide out in their rooms and you yeah. know it's like as a family to have that much time to be intentional um and i got to see him at work but here at home and i don't know if i ever really would have understood his job had mm. i not seen him at it and and vice versa and just all the things you get to see when you're 24 7 with the whole family such a gift and wow. um and that's just that's been a neat thing for us to share too in fact his company published a story in their company mm. internet um that reached thousands of people and we were able to wow. say, we've had some hard stuff happen. We got married in COVID, didn't get out of a wedding, but man, God has been good. And mm. and this is our story. And um, and just little things like that to be able to to share and see His goodness. And wow. I mean, once again, wow. not our plan, yeah. but His was better. <laughs> yeah. So wow. yeah. Well, I, you know, in the in the widowhood community, and I know you're very involved with 
not only the organization the organization you work with now um but but also never alone widows and obviously there's some crossover with different people that we know in those you know networks and stuff obviously the brookers are very mm-hmm. or Brittany's very involved with never alone i'm involved with daniel over at refuge widow widowers yeah. which is mm-hmm. kind of the i mean we we saw a space where there were a lot of men who who had lost their wives yeah. that they didn't have community like what never alone and some other organizations offer and when we have conversations with widows and widowers everybody understands the tension that is especially if they've if they've started dating or if they have remarried, they understand the tension of holding these two things together with Mm -hmm. your your previous marriage and this person that you, you built a life with and that you loved and love. And then this new marriage Mm -hmm. and, and there's people often think that you are kind of severing yourself from the past by stepping into the future and we hold it all in tension. Can you talk to me a little bit about that from your perspective? Right. Because, you know, yeah. you, uh, so, so Sean, Sean passed away when, at what year? January, 2016. 2016. Uh-huh. 2016. So four, four years later, right. Mm-hmm. You get remarried. Yeah. People have had all kinds of opinions about, you know, my life, good, bad, mm-hmm. and ugly in terms of how fast or how long or, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, in the widowhood community, we're like, listen, I always tell people, like, don't let anybody else inform you on what your timeline no. is, right? No, yeah, yeah. But some I, can look at it and go, you can't, you can't please everybody either. It's yeah, too long, sure. it's too short, it's not the exactly. right person. Like, it, yeah. Again, yeah. it's only the um, Lord that can really inform that. But I wonder if you can talk a little bit about just kind of the the nuance of the navigating that you're still grieving the past, you're stepping into the mm-hmm. future. Those two things aren't mutually exclusive. What's your, been your experience with that? Right. Um, yeah, it's still something I, I don't know how to explain mm-hmm. because I feel like I don't know how anyone could, can understand if they haven't lived it and felt it, felt that it is possible for your heart to expand yeah. and love this, this person wholeheartedly, fully, completely. Right. Um, and to be able to say, I, I understand it in my heart when I say I wouldn't change a thing mm. at this point. Yeah. To say that almost makes it sound like somebody's going to think I'm, I'm saying I'm glad this happened. No. Like no. it diminishes something about your past. Yeah, it does yeah. not. Mm-mm. It does not to say I see now God's plan yeah. was different yeah. than mine. And I accept that. Um, but to, to, to know that I fully, completely still love Sean mm. and I fully, completely love Mike. And how is that possible? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. How do we have multiple children and love them all? Right. Yeah. Um, right. That is like the miracle of God's love. But um, yeah, it, it is really, it's hard to explain to anyone who hasn't lived it. Yeah. Um, but, and I think, and that is where some of the tension comes. And there are people that don't believe that's possible. Yeah. Um, people will say things that hurt that yeah. unintentionally, you know, um, you know, just, you have to have to walk in in total trust in what God's doing and know that people yeah. don't always understand. Um, but it's just it's part of his his redemptive story and that mm. his, the beauty from the ashes. Mike yeah. is a part of that, and and I always say that the space between Kate and Donovan they're four almost four years apart. Avery fit right in there, like it had mm. been made for her. And you know, yeah. it was kind of why why are they 
spaced out and you know I, I you know Donovan was a, a pleasant surprise we didn't know if he was possible and he came along a little later and, and now I know you know same with my boys being 10 years apart my son I remember at nine years old eight seven eight crying because he wanted a brother mm. and then he got a brother and I'm thinking oh but why do they have to be 10 years apart like what lord why can't they be best best buddies and and then they lose their dad and I and they have each other and I realized Donovan has Tristan to look up to and so many answers that we may or may never see down the road. Yeah. Um, uh, that was a, that was a rambling way of answering that. Question, oh, that's but, so good. Um, yeah. 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 He's, well, he's you're just in peering it. in and you're seeing God's hand still in the details of what, mm-hmm. of what you're experiencing. Do you guys, are there some things you guys do intentionally, some things that you guys have learned uh, maybe even by, by default or by not doing it properly. Yeah. Accidentally, you know, um, it, in terms of like, I, I, maybe I'd ask this in two different ways to, or, or at least looking into two different things in terms of you and Mike and your marriage and how to foster that sense of like still grieving, still holding on it, still mm-hmm. like holding sacred the past, but also like stepping into the new as yeah. well as so that, right. What are you doing with your marriage intentionally? And then what, what about with, with your kids as you guys are blending this entire family and the culture of your family, um, things you're learning. Right. In that. That's a good question. Um, probably a lot of just stumbling along and figuring out as we go for sure. <laughs> yeah. I think, and I think that was one of the, one of the reasons, one of the ways I fell in love with Mike from the start is that he mm. didn't shy away from that. Um, it didn't bother him that I was a widow or to talk yeah. about that. Um, and watching him, you know, meet the kids and get to know them and talk about their dad with them or point out things. He, I remember him taking my son, my oldest, hunting for the first time and telling him, you know, he made a great shot and saying, you got that from your dad. And um, that just to me is beautiful that mm. he can be confident in his place in their life and know that he's not replacing their dad, but he has yeah. stepped into that role and, um, you know, and, and that's, there's tension in that with kids and you have that conversation a lot, you know, you're not my dad or you're not, you, you can't replace dad. And, right. you know, no, that's, that's not what's happening, but there's this growing of our family. And, and I say, you know, our family now is part of Sean's legacy. We never saw that coming, but, um, you know, we are who we are because of Sean, you know, yeah. I am who I am after 15 years with Sean and, um, Mike, probably would not have fallen in love with the me 15 years ago, you know, like this, this is the time. And so it's just, yeah, there is, there is always tension and there, there is a need for counselors in that. And, um, and I think we'll, we'll be walking that out for a long time. The kids are still young. Um, but just to have seen, you know, that's, that's who Mike is. And that's why he's amazing that he, he does carry that burden and he loves them Mm. wholeheartedly. He is dad to them, but we also talk about, dad and right. so yeah yeah that's, that's, great. that's a tough one for wow, all great. families yeah it's a, and there's really not a formula for it you know it's just mm-hmm. it is the idea of blending right it's just you're you're i don't want to say you're reactionary by any means but you're you're kind of taking what you're assessing as it comes you know and, mm-hmm. and just trying to apply you know wisdom experience and help from other people, maybe mentors in your life, as well as God's word into this crazy, weird, 
<laughs> ecosystem that you're yeah. trying to create into a culture of a family, right? It's just this, it's, it's hard. It's not, there's nothing easy about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. A lot so, of trust, a lot of prayer. Yeah. And, um, and a lot of knowing, you know, what we need to do as a family may not look like what people expect us to do. Yeah, you know, that's, that's good. I think that's important too. That's very important. Yeah. That's a very good point. Cause a lot of people are going to peer into, and for whatever reason, people think that they have the, I don't know that the, I don't know if it's a, a right or a sense of responsibility or you know maybe some mm-hmm. some kind of combination thereof to peer into your life when you've experienced loss and they've shown up for you in that loss, mm-hmm. and then they now ha- feel like they can formulate an opinion about what you should do or they have an expectation yeah. of what you should do, and they they may not mean it maliciously whatsoever, but right. it can creep into you beginning to just follow people's expectations. As right, opposed to doing right. what God has called you to do as a family, you know. Yeah, definitely. I think, mean, especially with such a close community. You know, I've had I have such a close family and so many close friends, and and I and you welcome that in. You know, in the yeah. beginning, especially when I just was literally just like letting everyone take care of us, and and then you right. start to kind of get back on your own feet again and think, oh, I need to really be intentional. And I'm thinking now, what do I want, or what is what does yeah. God think to me? Yeah, I'm not right. just sort of riding the waves of this anymore right and um and that's when you have to kind of step back a little i I guess and you know am i doing something because it's what people expect Mm, is it um is it what someone else thinks you know people have a lot of ideas about what your story is going to look like you know they just imagine this 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 fairy tale for you and right um yeah but we can't know (laughs) yeah 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 there's so much to that because healing you're you're experiencing experiencing almost a redefining of your identity in christ right i mean speaking mm-hmm. of names there's that's mm-hmm. quite the thread in your story but that's what's happening when you have experienced loss and you're now coming to terms uh to with like the new you this new you that mm-hmm. god is trying to bring into um you know bring into existence and Sometimes, you know, people who were around you at first, they're very protective of you. Mm-hmm. And that protectiveness can very easily, without them knowing, without you knowing, become a possessiveness, you know? Right, and, right. And, and it's it's important for both parties, I think, to recognize that and to kind of go, okay, my, you know, if you're caring for someone who is lost, to go, hey, I'm going to care with no strings attached. And then I'm going to like mm-hmm. begin to back away as I begin to see this person step into the the yeah. new life that they're supposed to step into. And um, yeah. that's very difficult. I wish like someone had told me that before <laughs> experiencing this. Yeah. And that's like the thing I feel like I want to tell everybody who's like, I want to gather everybody up in a group, you know, mm-hmm. I know it's a weird visual, but like almost at a funeral and go, all right, let me tell you how this is going to happen, guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is this is what I want you to be aware of, okay? Right now, I know this feels very weird to say this in this moment, but over the next several months and years, this is going to be, and and yeah, there's just nobody telling people this kind of stuff, you know. But it's the stuff we talk about right. when we get into these widow circles, widow widower circles, yeah. these circles, you know. We're like sitting at these retreats and we're like, man, this is this thing that I'm struggling with. How do I? I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a sh- I've experienced that too. Why is everybody experiencing yeah, this right you now? Too, you know? Yeah. Okay, that's normal. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you know, and I, I actually I love it when people come to me and you know, maybe they've experienced the loss or uh, a good friend or family member of theirs has experienced the loss and they come to me and say, How can I love them? 
Mm. Um, you know, what, what, what can I do for them? And, you know, my answer is always just show up and mm. just sit in it with them. Um, cause you can't fix it. Mm. And I'm a fixer. I get it. Even yeah. when I see that, see things happening, I want to jump in and fix it. And then I have to go, no, no, no you just sit in it with them. You sit in the fire and, um, yeah, I saw people do that for me. Yeah. It's been amazing. You just sit with them and you, you be there. Um, my friend Christy, she shared the most beautiful quote early on and it was, I need to find it. Uh, but basically just, you know, those close friends are the ones that show up and stand where you can see them. Mm. And I think that, you know, that's never alone. It's this ministry. It's let them know they're not alone in it. Um, yeah. but also that it's okay for them to feel what they feel to have the anger, to say the things, to, to ask God the questions, because um, this is not how it's supposed right. to be. Right. It's unfair, you know, and it's okay. It's okay to state that truth. This is not what he intended. Um, but just to be there in it with them and let them, let them walk it out knowing you're there, you yeah. know. Wow, yeah. so good. Kelly, uh, you know, I wish we could sit here and talk for another couple of hours. <laughs> it's a, this has been an amazing conversation. I. I, I, I'm curious, you know, as we kind of close, what, if you're, I mean, you get an opportunity to talk to a lot of widows and to minister to them, which is, I, I just love that you've taken this, what you've experienced, this pain, this heartache and this grief, and you, you're turning it around into something that's really purposeful, that has this incredible mission that's much bigger than yourself, right? And I think that that's so critical to us continuing to walk in healing and wholeness is to really apply ourselves to that kind of a mission. But, yeah. you know, there's going to be a lot of people who are listening to this conversation and personally they're in the throes of it right now. And mm-hmm. they're, they've just experienced loss. They've just gotten that phone call. They've just, you know, or maybe it's not loss. Maybe it's just some kind of hardship that they're experiencing. I wonder what you would say to them if you were having coffee with them right now, if you were sitting mm-hmm. down across the table from them, you know, what would you, yeah. how would you, you know, just, I know obviously you would just sit and listen. Right. Yeah, of course, yeah, right? I think because that's, that's it. what you just said is like just sit and listen. Yeah, but, I would but say if you had I the would agree. To, yeah. If you mm-hmm. had the moment to really just impart something to them, what what would you say? Um, oh my gosh, so many things. I don't know how I could like how do you boil it down and not overwhelm them? Because I would just be like, right. there's six years right. of miracles, you know. Right. Um because I can remember, you know, I can remember too being in that place where it's so hard. And you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. You don't see the light at all. And you just feel like, my life is awful. It's not supposed to be like this. It's unfair. And God, I know you're here, but I don't, I don't see the way out. And, um, and I remember being there and even seeing people 10 years down the road who are good now, you know, you know, they've, they've, they've seen kind of the other side. They, they have this redemptive story and I don't yet. And I'm a little bit jealous. I'm a little bit angry. I'm kind of wondering, like, well, maybe that's going to be their story, but not mine, yeah. you know? Um, and I think I would just tell people, no, that's, that's going to be a story. Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, everybody, it's going to be different. There is yeah. no formula. There is no yeah. 12-step process. I don't care what right. people say. Right. Um, it's different for everybody, but he goes before for every single one of us. And you will, you will the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, you know. Wow. Um, uh, my same, you know, friend, Christy, I've talked about her a lot. She's the one that repeated those words to me. 
mm-hmm. over and over I, and, and prayed them over me and believed them for me when I couldn't. Yeah. And now I can look back and say, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I think it would be, I get, I get that you feel awful in this moment and I get that you can't see it. And so I'm just going to continue to trust in it for you until you do. Wow. Um, that's what people need, you know? Wow. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. Well, Kelly, is there a way that we can connect further with you? You know, if people are listening to this and they're like, man, I, I would love to just yeah. follow what she's, what she's doing or follow yeah. her life or connect with her. How can we do that? Yeah. I'm not like a big blogger or anything like that. I'm on social media on Instagram and Facebook and I love connecting with people one-to-one. I totally, it's not weird for me if a stranger reaches out and says, my yeah. friend just lost her husband. Will you talk to her? I love that, you know? Um, so yeah, Kelly, I think I'm Kelly Campbell good now on Facebook, Kelly M Campbell on Instagram. Um, and it, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm here and like you said, never alone widows are just growing and growing and it's yeah. incredible to see the stories coming out of that and the community and the need, yep. um, the unmet need that's out there for that community is, is incredible. Yep. And so I, I will never shy away from the chance to talk with somebody and make sure they know they're not alone. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. so good. Well, I definitely, if you know, if you are a widow or you know someone who is a widow and you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening to this, I want to encourage you to get connected with Never Alone uh, Widows. Um, if you know someone who's a widower, I want to encourage you to get connected with Refuge Widower Retreats. Um, there's there's not a whole lot of great resources out there for or community gatherings for widowers. There are definitely more for widows, but I believe so wholeheartedly in the ones that we, you know, endorse um, both both Never Alone Widow Retreats as well as Songs in the Night. Um, that's mm-hmm. led by our very own Brooke Talley as one of our coaches. But I just I just want to encourage you guys because I know that there's going to be a lot of probably an influx of widows and widowers listening to this conversation, Kelly, because you know, they maybe followed our curated pathways and they see this conversation and we really want to get you in community, right? That's the mm-hmm. That's the goal is to fi- to find other people who are walking through this uh, that's similar. And then you can derive hope and encouragement from them just like you have uh, as you're listening to this conversation with Kelly. And so, Kelly, thanks so much for being generous with your time and Thank you. sharing your story with us. And um, I see I see an incredible – I don't know if you're a writer. I don't know if you have an, uh, a desire to write, but I see an incredible book right here <laughs> with this. Um, and I see that cause I'm a love, right? I love writing. Yeah. I love seeing stories, Me but too. the whole good now and the name threads, it's got to happen. It's got to happen. I so. mean, I mean that story, I feel like, uh, yeah, I've had a, I have a, had a lot of people suggest that and I have done some writing in the past and I love to write and I love storytelling and, um, I, I don't know when it'll happen. God keeps telling the story for me. He keeps yeah. opening doors like this and I'll just keep doing that until something it. happens on paper. I guess we'll see. I love but, it. Um, yeah. He yeah. writes good stories for all of us. That's right. Well, thanks so much for sharing yeah. your story with us. Thank you. Um, this has been awesome. It's so great. Thank you so much. Well, Aubrey, I, you know, I, I am amazed at at people and their faith. I like know. I just, this is. Um, I know. I was I was explaining this to to somebody the other day, you know, and they they're a listener of the podcast, and they were asking basically, you know, why it got started, how it got started, mm. and I was just like, well, let me tell you why it got started. I was meeting people in my own healing journey 
who had unbelievable perspectives, right? unbelievable testimony of how God was showing up in their pain. And I thought, other people need to hear this. Yeah, yeah. And when I talked to someone like Kelly, I'm just reminded of that. Like, this is this is why we have this podcast. So you can hear someone mm. articulate, here's where God showed mm-hmm. up for me. And I think there are times that we miss that, that we miss, yeah. like we don't have the eyes to see where God is showing up. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And when we hear and, other people do it, I feel like you've said this so well, David, we sort of borrow their faith. We, we yeah. you like, you kind of go, oh, okay, if, if they can do it. I can do it, or they're going to hold yeah. space for me while I can't. Right. Um, and there is, right. I, I love that. I love that kind of communal aspect of our faith, borrowing each other's faith and and, lend, and then seeing how they saw God at work helps yep. you kind of open your eyes like, oh, okay, I see God. Okay, I can yep. see God too. Yeah. Yep. It, it, as we talked about in this conversation, he leaves breadcrumbs mm. to show us the redemptive thing he's doing. Yep. He doesn't always give us the full picture. Right. Right. Uh, in fact, I don't think we'll ever have the full picture until we see him mm-hmm. and we'll find every, all of our questions will find its yes mm. in Jesus. Amen. And, but on this side of eternity, as he's carrying, as he's like developing and bringing about the redemptive plan he has for each one of our stories, he leaves us breadcrumbs. Yeah. And as we lean in and cue to those, mm-hmm. then we, we discover more. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. I, I'd love to talk about that a little bit, Aubrey, because you are, I would say an expert in in story, right? I'm an expert. Um, I, I, want, I think you're an expert. You are a multi-time published yeah. author. Yes. You love this idea of story. I really you love, do. You know, it's something that you and I riff on a lot mm-hmm. where we talk about seeing your own story. Yes. Discovering your story. Totally. Most importantly, God's story within your story. Right, right. And so, you know, I'm wondering because I've come in contact with so many people who you know, some of us, for some of us, I don't, I don't know if it just comes naturally or we've been trained to kind of see God in our stories. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder wh- how would you um, kind of equip someone yeah. to do that? Like what, is it a learned skill? Is it something that just mm-hmm. comes naturally? Mm-hmm. Some people have the, you know, natural propensity toward it. Mm-hmm. What, what What are your thoughts on that? And like, what can our listeners do as they're trying to discover the story that God is laying out in their life? Yeah, I, I love this question because I am, you're right, I'm passionate about people being able to see God's like fingerprints over the course of their life, but mm-hmm. then also being able to identify themes and clues to what God is up to and then be able to communicate that because right. I think that builds our own faith, right. but it also builds other people's faith too. That's it. That's um, it. I, you know. Okay, well, hold on, hold on. Before yeah. you dive in, yeah. lean into that concept for a second because you just said it does two two things. Mm. It builds our faith, and it builds other people's faith. Yeah, I mean, how I, does it do each one of those? Because mm-hmm, I, I know exactly what you're talking right, about there, but I want you to right. unpack that some more. So I think when we can identify over the course of our lives, oh, God, this thing happened because God was doing this, which led yeah. to this, which led to this. You you kind of get that bird's eye view perspective of your life, and you're like. Oh, God has been good mm. to me. God has had a plan. Oh, there's like a, this is not random. Wow. And I think that just, maybe it's just me, Davey, but that kind of knowledge alone, that kind of discovery alone, I think increases my faith wholeheartedly when yep. I'm like, oh, this is yep. 
none of this is a happy accident. All of this is because God is sovereign and loves me enough that he's purposed and planned the steps of my days. I, I don't know how that doesn't increase somebody's faith. Right. And we can talk right. practically about a way to start doing seeing those things. Mm. But I think anything God does in your life is not just for you, but it's meant to be through you to other people. And going back to going back to Kelly's story, um, and what we do here at Nothing Is Wasted is I, I, especially in dark seasons, we have to have each other's faith to carry us. Mm. And so when you Nothing Is Wasted listener, Nothing Is Wasted community, when you begin to do the work to identify how God has been at work in your life, and then you share it. And that may just mean a post mm. on Instagram. That doesn't have to be you're writing a book. You're, you know, right. but you begin in the ways that God has allowed you to. Right. Or just this, even a simple conversation with someone that you come in contact over with. Over coffee. Right? A divine yes. relationship that happens right yes. there. Yes. When you, you know? can begin to declare what God has done, that's, I mean, you know, what's interesting about this is that like the word evangelical is is from the word euangelion, which really just means mm. like um, we are declaring and displaying the good news. Good God news. calls us his, mm. Jesus calls us his good news people. Right. And so when we can identify um, some of the ways that God has been good to us and declare that, like you said, just in a conversation with a friend, right. with a cashier right. at Target, online, whatever. Yep. Maybe in a book, maybe preaching. I mean, God may have called you to other forms of communication, but that bears witness. Um, that's evangelism, right? It's yep. just bearing witness yep. to God's goodness. And so I think that's what I mean. It's not just for you, but it's what God wants to do through you too. I love that you just said that what God is doing in you is not just for you, although it is for you. It is for you. Mm-hmm. Right? But we don't stop there. Yeah. It's also to be, to be exercised through you mm-hmm. for other people. Yeah. Yeah. That's extremely profound yeah yeah and and it's okay and that's a beautiful way to live too i mean it's just like the joy of the abundant christian life too right yeah yeah well and and what it does is for me i feel like uh, in addition to what you just said that that whole concept of euangelion the good news you know this was not something that was novel to the early church right right in history prior to the early church if somebody were to if 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 a military would came in or a nation came in and conquered Mm -hmm. another nation Mm -hmm. there would be a messenger that would bring the euangelion right they would bring the good news of this new kingdom yeah. that had just taken over your territory, yeah. right? It was like this propaganda that basically said, "Right, hey, listen, <laughs> we won. I know we won, <laughs> yeah. and, and I want you to know why this is a benefit to you. This mm. is the new order mm. of how your life is going to be so much better because mm. we have now we have now taken over <laughs> yeah. this territory, and that was the euangelion. Yeah. That was the good news of this new order that was coming, this new kingdom that was here, and." Yeah. So then obviously that informs so much of what we're doing. We're saying, hey, there is a different way that we as believers look at these things. Right. There is a different kingdom that we live for, that we live through, that we live out of. And 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 so because of that, we can see our stories here in this realm mm-hmm. very differently. Yeah, that's right. Because this new kingdom is, is um, the, the headship of this new kingdom is someone who he operates with, his modus operandum is... Redemption. Amen. Yeah. Restoration. Yeah. Meaning he's not just doing this for the macro narrative mm. of all of history, mm. but he's also doing it for the micro narratives of, of our lives. Mm. 
So good. And so I would propose that the first way for you to see God's, like the, the, the first thing you need to do in order to see God's fingerprints in your life is to see your life and your story through the lens of God is redeeming it. Yes. Like yeah. when you look for that, you go, okay, where is God trying to redeem? Yes. Where is he trying to restore? Where yeah. is he trying to make right and yeah. make new yeah. and make good mm-hmm. from this? And that will begin to clue you into this stuff. Mm-hmm. Aubrey, other thoughts on how to like clue into Yeah, I, I think story? there are like a couple really important steps. And I think one is connected to what you're just saying. Um, because what can happen is you go through any type of pain, trauma, tragedy, or just life in general, and immediately the enemy is going to say to you some version of, you don't have a right to share this. You don't have what it takes. You don't know mm. enough. You're not bold enough. You haven't experienced enough redemption. Your faith is not big enough. You, I mean, you name wow. it. The enemy is yep. going to use it. And uh, so I think part of beginning to both identify God's breadcrumbs in your life and um and and communicate what God is doing in your life to other people is is really what you just said, Davy. Trust that God is at work redeeming it. And to like yeah. really be mindful and I think intentional about silencing the voice of the enemy who's gonna try mm. to stop that. And I almost wow. feel like that's a step one. Before you're wow. grabbing yep. pen and paper and journaling, <laughs> you know, there are some spiritual practices where you sit. And you ask God to show you how he views you. And if there's some condemnation that comes up, you just kind of go, nope, in Jesus' name, that's not true. That's not how God, yeah. God views me. God loves me. God has perfect, God has goodness for me. Yeah. I think that's actually a really, like kind of silencing the voices of judgment is right. really, really important. Um, and I'm not saying you have to do it perfectly. I'm just saying yeah. like begin there and don't let those voices keep you from like doing the work. And then I think a lot of, Probably a lot of our listeners have done a process like this because a lot of uh, people in healing guide people through this. But I think a really good key is um, creating a timeline of your life from yeah. birth to now. And one way to do it, there are different versions of this, but one way is on the bottom of the timeline, you can put all of the kind of hard, heavy things. And they can be small. I mean, it can be mm. like, man, why do I keep thinking about that time my dad yelled at me in front of my friend? Mm. That's so embarrassing to me. I haven't yeah. Write that down. And the time you experienced major tragedy, disappointment. We, you know, we talked about trial. What, right. what's tragedies? Trauma, trauma, trauma tragedy, and major and life transition. Major life transition yeah. on the bottom, mm-hmm. and then on the top, um, put all the the kind of meaningful, more positive ones. And again, these don't have to be yeah. massive. It can be marriage. It can be kids. It can be the new job. It can also just be. Oh, I remember I I went on vacation and it was so wonderful. I can, you know. Yeah. And then what I think is so helpful when you do that is to kind of step back and note Mm. themes, note patterns, note pauses, Mm. and go, oh, in this season, wow, there was a lot of heaviness on that bottom. That bottom line is full. Yep. Then I saw God do this. Or in this season, God pulled me back from ministry. It seemed like I was moving in this one path, but like, whoa, God pulled me back. What was that about? You know, and you just kind of do some... Ask some questions, get curious, do some discovery. And what you find is like there are moments in those moments where you're like, why am I still thinking about that interaction Mm. I had with my neighbor when I was eight years old? Wow. God, what do you, God, why does that keep coming to my mind? What's, Mm. what is there? 
And then you just start. I mean, I, I could talk about this forever. So and you get I'll, curious. Yeah, I know. You know, but you just start right? writing about that. And you find that there's some healing work God actually wants to do in that yes. memory. And suddenly you've got a whole book chapter if you're writing a oh, book. My goodness. You know what I mean? Like, right. So I, I'm teasing something a little bit, Davey, which is the masterclass that I did with yes. Nothing is Wasted, discovering and developing yes, your unique story. Mm-hmm. But we do talk about this in other other ways to see God's hand at work and yep. then begin to communicate it. Yeah, and, I, and I'm telling you right now, Aubrey... Aubrey has so much that she could and has communicated about this and you're continuing to develop even more. I'm really excited about this, that you're, you're talking about and you're exploring, developing an entire course around it, yes. which is amazing. Can't wait for that. But you did do a masterclass with us on our community plus platform a couple of months ago. And if you want more of this from Aubrey, you need to go and join community plus and watch the replay of this masterclass. It was unbelievable. So, so good, Aubrey. And so I want to make sure that everybody goes at nothingiswasted.com slash community plus. You can sign up to be a community plus member right there. And you can access not just Aubrey's masterclass on discovering and developing your unique story, but also all the other masterclasses that we've done, all the live coaching that we've done, replays of that, bonus episodes, mini courses, and so much more. And so make sure you go and do that. Nothingiswasted.com slash community plus. And there's a lot of other resources there at nothingiswasted.com. Mm-hmm. We want to help you to partner with God to take back your story. That's right. And that's what this whole thing is about, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. God's writing this story. He's He's working to take it back. Yes. He's calling you and inviting you to participate in this. Yeah. And to the degree that you partner with him, is the degree that you're going to be seeing some of this redemption and participating in the redemptive yeah. work that God has for oh. you. So we want to help you with that. That's our chief aim here. Yeah. Um, you can also f- go and follow us, engage with us on Instagram at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries, at Davy Blackburn, and at Ob Samp. And we want to thank Sleeping at Last for providing all the music for this episode and all the episodes of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Go and download and stream his music anywhere where you can download and stream music. And Davey, I do we want to introduce next week? So next week is going to be a special episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, and maybe we'll just give the people a little bit of a teaser. I, I'm going to sit down with Davey and Christy and just talk about some post-trial reflections. Yeah. And um, it, it's going to be, I mean, it, you know, you this the phrase a very special episode sounds a little yeah. too derivative for what it is, but it's going to be powerful. And and listeners, whether you're new to Nothing Is Wasted or especially I think those who have been here for a while, you're, mm. you are really, really going to want to walk with Davey and Christy as um, they process, they process yeah. everything post-trial. So yeah. we're really looking forward to sharing that with you. So let's actually go ahead and take a listen to a small part of my conversation with Davey and Christy. Um, it was, I approached them when I started dating Christy and I said, Hey, is this going to, if I start dating again, is this going to jeopardize the case at all? Right. Good question. And they were like, no, they said, you need to, you need to move forward with your life. They said, we have no idea how long this is going to take. So you need to move forward with your life and you need to, this is what they said. You need to find closure outside of the courtroom. Wow. And that was some of the best piece of advice. Now, we know that spiritually, right? Like sure. closure happens in the supernatural. It doesn't yeah. happen here on earth. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing that could take place here on earth that's going to really right. g- give us a sense of, you know, the fullest sense of redemption and restoration, right? Mm-hmm. We just see little glimpses of that. We see it dimly, yeah. as scripture will tell us. And yeah. so, um, hmm. 
so that was really good because I'm going f- for for seven years now. We're being sh- it felt strung like being along. strung along in this process. Yeah. If we had waited to have closure, now what's ironic about that? Afterwards, when it's all said and done, there felt it felt like there was a sen- a little kind of tangible sense of closure. 